Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 315, covering Repentance and Prophecy, with Terry Drozdak. Hi friends, uh, Tidro's here, so we must have some kind of Harry Kim thing happening, right? Hello Terrence. Hello, and no, so not really. Uh, I, uh, okay, I mean, no. he's got something. These episodes are pretty kim I mean, I'm sure he's in it. Oh, he's, he's definitely around. in it. He's skulking he's, in the background. <laughs> no, he's got. Uh, I mean, we won't talk about this till the till the second episode. But he's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's he's, that. He, there's a there's a predator stalking him. So there's that. Oh god, that's right. He's on the run from sex. Yeah, a man. <laughs> <laughs> so we got that. Hey, that's you, right, Tidro? Yeah, that's basically me. Yes. Yeah. I have a crush on every boy. That's that true. Is true. The uh, oldest Tidro joke. Yes. Well, one of them. <laughs> Uh, she's stalking David Mack is the oldest Tidro joke. Uh, yeah, I don't that's think a pretty that's a joke. Well, it's not really a joke. I mean, you actually have a a, a web domain. Well, yeah, that has the word "stalk" in in the the title. So <laughs> that was before stalking was not cute to do. Uh, I guess I'm pretty sure it always was. No, it's just a felony. Yeah. 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 Back in the good old days. Yeah. Back, when a young back woman I, could get away with stalking. Back exactly. When I worked for the government on high-priced aircraft, uh, some of the mechanics would talk about the good old days when you could go to lunch and get really drunk and then continue to work on high-priced aircraft. Yeah, those sound oh, yeah, like some great. great days. That reminds me of, of this. Like, yeah, like, they don't even let you have five martinis at lunch and then go back and work on a helicopter anymore. What God. about all my highballs? Yeah. I mean, let, let's not kid ourselves. I'm sure it was just beer, but still. I don't know. It depends on how far back you go. I guess that's true. Friggin I, I up, new, DC New Frontier has taught me that all everyone ever did in the army was drink highballs. Yeah, but those are officers in the army, and those are, like, high profile. You know, like, I, I grew up in Sticksville where people beat the dirt with sticks. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we make our highballs. Whack, whack, whack. Exactly. You would have loved this place, Matt. Oh, yeah. It's like every planet on Star Trek that you love. Yeah, my favorite thing is beating dirt with a stick. Yep. Uh, but this first episode does not feature that. It does feature some things we really do hate in Star Trek. But uh, why, don't, why don't you tell us about your favorite episode, Tidro? Repentance. Voyager was just strolling along one day and happened upon a busted ship. So they saved all the people on the ship. And it turned out that, surprise, a bunch of them were prisoners. Dangerous prisoners. Dangerous prisoners on their way to being executed. Gasp! My smug future person sensibilities! <laughs> Kate yells at Captain Space Overalls, and we all hate him. Boo, capital punishment. Boo, authoritarianism. An inmate named Aiko, Aikoande... <laughs> is sent to sickbay after getting beat up by bad Captain Space Overalls. The Doctor and Seven heal his recent brain injury and incidentally cure his sociopathy. Yay! They are all best friends now. Neelix becomes best friends with a really nice murderer. The murderer swears he was being racially profiled and tells Neelix to watch the Ben Karin version of 13th. Neelix becomes woke as fuck. <laughs> the 
sorry. I broke Matt. Good job, Neelix. Except, actually, that guy was not nice and tried to have his brother break him out of jail. I mean, Voyager. Bad job, Neelix. Iko believes that death is the appropriate punishment for his crimes, and even though the captain, the doctor, and Seven try to get him an appeal, it doesn't work, which makes Seven sad. Not because her friend was going to be executed, but because of the, all the bad things she did while she was Borg. The end. I wish it was the end. Uh, okay, first things first. <laughs> is it actually pronounced sociopathy? Yeah, I think so. I was wondering that myself, and I think of all the people I know, Tidro would know best. So I like I, I like that pronunciation way better. Yeah. How do you say it? Sociopathy. No, oh. that doesn't sound right. Right? At all. It's barely a word. That's like that would be like homeopathy. <laughs> yeah. Which is not a real thing, but it is a word. No, that's not a thing at all. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I I agree with your correcting the word jail with Voyager because Voyager is jail for some of us. <laughs> <laughs> These two guys right here. Yep. No chance of parole. No, at this point, I would take death over mm -hmm. being imprisoned on Voyager. Because, oh, God. But you could hang out with the captain and Seven and, and um, you know. Tuvok. Neelix? You could just ignore Neelix, apparently. No. You, you is, just. You can definitely never not go ignore in the, Never go in the, in the uh, canteen. Starve. Uh -huh. Yeah, that, that, I mean, I would. No, there's there's people to like on Voyager, but there's also a lot of people not to like on Voyager. And, and, uh, the longer we we've, we've been in the trenches, the more those people are take seem to be around more than the people we like. That's true. Also, also the people Neelix, we like tend to turn into people we hate. Uh, I mean, with the Doctor, that's true. That's I would what say I'm referring to. Balana sort of strayed into I don't care anymore, and then has made a sharp turn back to I care about her again. Mm -hmm. So that goes both ways. Yeah, like and this... you didn't care for Paris at the beginning, and now he's yeah, he's pretty you know, good, decent yeah, guy. Guys there. Paris yeah, did a real one eighty. He's kind of in the middle. Like I don't love him, but I certainly don't hate him anymore. I enjoy like, having him like this version of Paris around. I agree, but if if say Robert Duncan McNeil quit, like did a did a Terry Farrell, I mean there were circumstances there. Mm. But if he did that, I'm not coming back for the last season. I don't think the show would have suffered much. Well, it depends on no, how. No, I mean he is kind of. Yeah, yeah, but he's kind of a boring white guy, so you know. Yeah, as opposed to his best friend, the boring Asian guy. Like, Ugh. you know, they're all boring. Let's he's not boring. He plays the saxophone. Ugh. He has nice hair. That's just not enough. <laughs> Nailed it. Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm sorry. You, you, we have, we have already established the pinnacle of Starfleet jazz musicians, which is William Billiam Nails Riker. Mm. Pretty sure we you have more names from than that. Yeah, I know. The worst thing you can do is try to make a comparison, like to try to yeah. hold yourself up against nails. Mm -hmm. Don't compare yourself. It ain't healthy. Yeah. And also, uh, you, Carrie yeah. Kim, are not healthy. Yeah. No, that's true. Uh, so I hated this episode like a lot. It's super smug. Like we, I haven't seen a this smug episode of Star Trek in a while. And this is your bad thing, yes? Yeah, basically, it's just like I like, man. Oh, we're Starfleet. We frown on the death penalty. Listen, assholes, you have no idea who these people are, what their circumstances are, where they're from. You have no right whatsoever to judge them for their so-called crimes. Like, don't you have a directive for this sort of thing? Like a real important one? Shut up and go home. <laughs> I mean, shut up and go home describes half of my problem with Voyager. Yep. Just shut up and go home. Shut but, up and uh, go home. 
No, the the thing is, and I don't want to get into the politics of the death penalty. That's not really what this show is for. But right, let, let's just let broadly say Starfleet is is more or less on the right side of this. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it it's the point of the prime directive, like you say, is to stay out of it. And they mention it in this episode because we've had some question about does the prime directive apply to warp like post warp societies and the answer is yes it is in certain circumstances mm-hmm. like these guys have warp because they rescued them from a ship in deep space so obviously they got there somehow yep so they they still don't interfere with their politics with their government with their laws like that's that's a thing the prime directive covers mm-hmm. it's not just yes, for but, primitive guys yes but voyager is america and it thinks that everything they do is correct and everyone should do it our way Yep, yep. But that's how Kirk was written in the 60s. We're supposed to know better by, I think we're into the 2000s now. Like, mm-hmm. we're at least... You would think, you know, but it doesn't, you know... Nope. No, I know. It doesn't... Yeah. I know. And just, the thing <clears throat> is, the, the episode itself says we shouldn't interfere, and then gradually Janeway just gets more and more into it. Yeah. And like Kate, she gets super yelly. You know better, Kate. No, and and she's following in the long tradition of every Star Trek captain we've seen so far. This is not a Kate thing. This is all of them have done mm-hmm. this. Where, but, where like, they get indignant and lecture a culture on what they're doing wrong, but like, still. This is none of your business, and also you're lecturing to a guy who, it's not like this guy here lecturing to can change it, he just works there. Yeah, he's a yeah. he's a mid-level administrator, he's middle management, he's not the president so, of this planet. I would be so mad if someone came to my job and just sat me down and was like, okay, well, here's why the death penalty's wrong. Oh, boy. Okay, thanks, I'll... Yeah, you, I'm an executioner, <laughs> thanks for that, this is I'll what pass, I want to hear. I'll pass that up I, to my superiors? Yeah, I think one of the few clever things they did in this episode was they really did set him up as being the very bad guy that we are supposed to hate. Mm. And by the end of the episode, we're like, oh, shit, that guy was not actually a bad guy. He's just doing his job. Yep. Mm. I didn't he, he think was I was not about it, but I didn't find him sympathetic. I found him super irritating like the whole time. Ah, but this I is, just found him to be a guy. This is like your super oh. boyfriend, though, right? Like, there's some there's some guest star in this that you just have hearts in your eyes for, and that that. I don't you. have hearts in my eyes. He's not a cute boy. He's just a very good character actor thought, that I enjoy. I thought he was the serial killer guy. Is that it not is him? the serial killer guy? Okay. Oh, okay. Yes, the serial killer. The serial oh, killer guy is a wizard. That's because you have a thing for serial killers. I para uh, maybe. I mean, don't, not all of them, on. but some. Like, no. we have proof of that. <laughs> Matt, do you know who Jeff Kober is? Uh, what's he been in that's not this? Uh, he was, there was, there was like four episodes of Buffy where, um, Willow was hanging out with a bad wizard that set, that spelled oh, magic. Oh, God, okay. I hated that guy. Okay, yeah, no, I know yes. exactly who you're talking about. Yep. But he always plays, like, creepy guys. Like, Douchey he played guys. it, he was, he was an episode of, of It's Always Sunny, and his character name is listed as creepy guy. Yep, yep, I know who you mean. That just... That is his specialty. He plays serial killers and creepy guys. Yeah, he felt like a, just wizards. a standard TV level actor to me. Like, you, really, you guys couldn't get somebody better? But you. I think he's very good. Okay. Yeah, he was fine in Buffy and mm. Always Sunny. Everyone's fine <laughs> in Always Sunny. Sunny. <laughs> and the things that Tidro just mentioned that I definitely have seen. Yep. I've totally seen those things and remember him mm-hmm. from it. No, I do. I do remember the character from Buffy and I hated him in that. Well, he was supposed to be hateable. I, no. But if you use your your magic for evil, Willow, oh boy, I, I don't know. Oh, jeez, <laughs> Rick. I don't know. Yeah. The thing is, Tidro, I think you misunderstand the difference between I don't like this actor and 
this actor is playing a character I don't like. There's there's a big difference. No, I understand the difference. Like like uh, uh, what's her name? Jessica Fletcher, who plays uh, Kai Wynn. What the hell's her name? <laughs> Louise, Louise Fletcher. Fletcher. Louise Fletcher. Yes. Louise Fletcher. Right. Yes. My, like my amazing fault. actor because I hate her. Oh yeah. Yes. Like, well, this is how this is how I first discovered that Ewan McGregor was a good actor because first I thought I just liked him because he was a cute boy, and then he was in this movie where I absolutely hated him, and I'm like, oh, if you if a boy that cute can make me hate him, he must be a good mm. actor. Was it the Phantom Menace? Because I don't want to get into that again. No, it is not the Phantom okay. Menace. Don't it's worry about that. It's a different podcast. Okay. Yes. No, I like I I didn't find him much of anything, but the whole arc that he went through in this was super problematic. Like, mm-hmm. okay, oh, we can so cure bad. your mental illness, and you're not a psychopath anymore. So now you get to go free. Like, what? Excuse me? No, like he still killed like eight people. Well, there's that, but there's also the fact that really you can just flip a switch in someone's head and make them not a killer anymore. Yeah, the, I, the yeah, part this I thing found set prob- to evil. <laughs> <laughs> The part, the part I found, find problematic is that there are, we have a real-life problem with mentally ill people who are in prison mm-hmm. instead of in treatment uh-huh. where they should be. So, um, like, you can have a manic episode and flip out and break somebody's garage door, but and they'll say, okay, we understand you were in a, having a manic episode, but they're still going to make you pay for that garage door. Yeah, that's a very specific reference. Is that something that happened to you? Did someone break your garage door? No comment. Okay. <laughs> I was just too specific to be a, a thing you pulled out of the air. It felt more like something that actually happened. Our friend Tidro, oh, yeah. known garage door breaker, apparently. Uh, uh-huh. But anyway, so the point is, sometimes people need to be in treatment, and, and they end up in jail, mm-hmm. and that's bad. And so if... This whole idea that you can just fix somebody and then their crime should be absolved is super. That really bugged me because, like, and I was actually really glad that when we when we have when they have to appeal to the uh, the murdered uh, the murdered people's families, they're still like, no, no, <laughs> yeah, our our our, gu- our guy's still dead. Yeah, yeah. Well, you no, killed I, our father, you piece of shit. Like, I no, don't that care was... if your brain wasn't working. That was one of the things about this society is you have to like, it's not the decision what to do with the murderer is not made by the courts. It's made by the victim's family. This sounds really bad mm -hmm. and you should not do that. It absolutely does. However, it's a good test of the prime directive because everyone's knee jerk reaction is that's a terrible idea. But then the next thought should be, it is none of my business. Yeah. I, I understand the doctor being pissed off about this because, you know, he doesn't thou shalt not do yeah. harm or whatever. But, you know, everybody else should be just like, OK, none, hands off. I actually, not my thing. I actually been thinking about this a lot. I like the idea of the doctor having that pacifism just built into him as like, like, sure. it should be the most important thing because it like it was programmed to be the most important thing in him. Yeah. You know, no, like, that makes sense, except all the times they've contradicted that. But yes, yeah, exactly. In, in, like, yeah. essentially, it makes sense. Absolutely. Like, if I if I if I was writing this thing, that would have been there in there from the beginning. Like, the doctor cannot hurt someone at all. No, he's like Batman. He cannot pick up a gun. Exactly. Just Correct. cannot do it, no matter what. Ever. But we've seen him do it a hundred different times. So, you are you talking about the doctor or Batman? I've seen him pick up a gun a hundred times. Uh, well, I'm currently making my way through the DC animated universe, and it happened once, and that made him quit. So, yep. you know, spoilers for the pilot of Batman Beyond, I suppose. 
<laughs> just watched that again and reminded Ooh. how good it was. Anyway. So good. Um, speaking of this magic cure, this is my bad thing. I am so tired of Seven's nanoprobes being the magic solution to every possible problem. Yep. She's got Borg technology, tiny little Borg robots that can fix anything. They can make a psychopath completely normal. Mm-hmm. And the, the Technobabble explanation made sense to me in a way that actually irritated me. Oh, yeah, the, the part of the brain that is their conscience is blocked, and the nanoprobes just unblocked it. So now he's got a conscience, and he feels guilty. So? Oh, my God, I hated that so much. And, like, the fact that, what have you done to me? Yeah. And it was so just preachy. It was so like, like what if we've condemned a, an innocent man? Look, he's a good person. Oh, my God. Star Trek. Yeah. The thing is, why doesn't the doctor just have like a supply of nanoprobes? Like, uh, yeah, on for hand? everything he always. obviously just he sticks them into everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's just, just give you them think he just have seven come every day yeah. and just give her daily allotment of nanoprobes. Away. Like she's we've giving had- blood. We we had a uh, yeah. a next gen episode. I think it was the one where they all like it was it was their take on the uh, turning people old disease. Yeah, because it happened to um, Doctor Pulaski and Matt. Very hilariously said, "How could you tell?" But uh, <laughs> but no, they Bad fixed man. her by running her through the transporter. And at the time, we said, "Okay, so now Star Trek can just fix any medical problem." Like there should be no more episodes about medical problems because the transporter can just fix everything. Yeah, no, every time you go in for a physical, again. when it's done, you get a, you, you have your, uh, uh, your your body saved in the transporter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your healthy yeah. body has has been scanned so that you can revert back to that at any point. Yeah. You just go to the backup if you get, if you get corrupted. Yeah, yeah. you've and invented the save point, basically. Yeah, and yeah. it's the same with nanoprobes. Now we've invented this perfect cure-all for everything. I expect there to be no more episodes about uh, medical problems because they can fix everything forever yeah but now the show will forget about that until they don't I, 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 it's just such an easy magic wand bullshit thing that i don't like the thing is like it could be a cool thing if they hadn't like burned it into the ground like everything else they do yeah no if it was the this only time although i don't like it this time at all the idea that they could disable this guy's like the thing that's stopping his conscience from what come on i what? honestly feel like the doc could have done that with like if he d- just done brain surgery like you don't need to resort to seven's nanoprobes for this just have him go in there to treat the uh the yeah. concussion or whatever and be like oh there's a thing here that shouldn't be here let me just get that out boom yeah that would have been very easy to do yeah Oh, somebody put... I guess they just put the seven thing in there so that she would be friends with him. I guess. I did not like that either. No, that that's whole, a, like... that was really creepy. And <laughs> and and as Tidro pointed out, suddenly it becomes all about the, the murders that she... Like, that kind of felt, like, tacked on at the end. It really did. It was totally... It's, it's, it's not really like seven to make something about her. No. She's very logical. This is not a... This is not... No, she. I mean, she's been struggling with her her guilt for what she did for a while now. That's that's been a consistent thing. But but to specifically turn this into a thing about her, you're right. That is like yeah. not like her. That's not cool. No, and she's she's unhappy because she killed a bunch of people. Okay, well, but you stopped that five years ago. Now, are you, you still? Have, you haven't just killed anyone in a long that? time, Stephen. You're uh, yeah. You got your five year chip. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. She's probably killed people, like in in defense of Voyager. No, oh. like not not gone and murdered them, but uh, yeah, self defense. I'm of sure thing. she's. I'm sure she has self defense killed some people. I hope yeah. so. <laughs> I just uh, the whole thing just was super. Everyone going around telling this society how like we do it better. It just yeah. it smacked of of that infamous episode that everyone except us loved, which was uh, past tense. Hey, everyone's favorite future. episode. 
in the future we fixed it. But uh, but you you people are stupid. But we fixed it. We're not going to tell you how. But we fixed it. Oh, shut up. Just ah. It's up. just and like the, the complete outrage when they hear about this, the death penalty. What? Like you've yeah. never heard of this before? Like what? Yeah. Like your allies, the Klingons, don't have the death penalty. Uh, uh well, actually, these these uh, Federation has the death penalty if you go to that planet that uh, Captain Pike was on. That's right. Thank you, Al. That's an excellent point. <laughs> And that's Made just as irritatingly as possible. And that's just for something stupid like going and looking at a planet. Yeah, hey, you're not allowed to go over <laughs> here or we'll kill you. Yeah, that's a good thing to kill someone for, trespassing. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're uh, probably right. The Klingons probably do have the death penalty for fucking everything. Yeah, because they're Klingons. I mean, you probably have to fight a guy, but still. Yeah, yeah. but at least you got, you know, you're, but one, somebody's going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the other problematic element, which is, Tidro, your bad thing. Yes. So there's this whole thing where Neelix makes friends with this murderer, and this murderer seems very nice and convinces Neelix he was racially profiled. And Neelix looks up the stats, and he goes, oh, my God, these guys are totally racially profiled. And then the guy tries to break out of prison. And so Neelix was... Neelix, so, so, so the other people were right to be racially profiled? In this case, yes. Like, this is, I believe, what is called a broken Aesop, which is you try to make a, you're trying to make a moral, like your moral stand goes completely wrong. uh It, it, to me, smacked a bit of the, uh, Seven said she was violated and no one believed her thing. Yeah. It, yeah, in that it's trying to as... make a point about something, a, a serious problem, and then tell us, no, it's not actually real. Yes, exactly. Like, this oh. is exactly like that, but slightly less personal. Oh, yeah, no, no. It... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it wasn't as bad, but it was mm. still no. problematic in that it was trying to, it felt like it was trying to deal with something serious and then tell us, no, no, that's not a thing. Most of those people are just lying. Yeah. Yeah, Oof. yeah, these yeah these people totally belong in jail. Oh, no, it was God. really upsetting. Just that whole like, yeah, no. If you look like you know, these people are like, they saw me at the at the crime scene and just assumed that I did it, and they didn't have to do anything. You know, the, we're all racially profiled as criminals. I'm like, gosh, that sounds really familiar to something that's been very important the last few years. Yeah, I- yeah. If they if this episode aired today, they would get picketed and letters written in Twitter campaigns, and rightly them. so. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it I, was bad. I did not like that. I there were so many things I didn't like, but that was near the top. And also, the, and also, that guy had terrible makeup. Well, they all they, these were particularly lazy aliens this week. I thought there are a lot of just head ridges, but I did like uh, one of the alien races because there were a couple in there mm-hmm. had cute little doe spots on <laughs> on the sides of their faces. I like. I kept. I saw those, and I'm like, are they lighting up? And then oh, yeah, it was just the it was just the color of the paint. But then I'm like, yeah. it'd be really cool if these guys had light up spots. <laughs> Have we had any light up spot aliens? No, it would be awesome. Had any like bioluminescent aliens? That would be a cool alien design. Yeah, the glow yeah. in the dark p- uh, people from the glow in the dark planet. Just make them like yeah. one of those glow in the dark jellyfish. Only that's yeah. their skin. That'd yeah, they're cool. neons. Right, it'd be awesome. That'd be cool. And yeah. super nineties. <laughs> it sure would. Speaking of lighting up, Matt, this was your good thing. Oh, yeah, the light-up jumpsuits that the prisoners wear. They reminded me of Christmas, and I clapped my hands. <laughs> well, you they have like these Christmas. stupid friggin' prison outfits, okay? And they all have, like, little tiny colored lights on the chest that just sort of blink and, like... It, yeah, they didn't explain that. I mean, it it just seems like a lot of effort to put on your prisoners. Yeah, basically. 
Maybe it's in, if they try to escape, you can see them easily. Yeah, if they try to escape yeah. in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but the jailers had literally like space overalls. Yep. Yeah, I think you made not a great that. look. No. No, it was bad. I, I, it was I, poor fashion. Are, are you here to keep these prisoners in line, or are you going to paint my house? <laughs> I thought he was going to, you know, bang some sticks like on the on the <sighs> lousy stick bangers. Yeah. My good thing is we got one of those good Seven and Kate scenes, which I've been trying not to mention because it's cheap and easy, but I got mm-hmm. nothing else. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I believe that's actually my quote at the very, very end. Ah, well, I think we're about finished here, so let's hear it. Iko was executed for taking a single life. As a drone, I took thousands, but I was never punished. You lost 20 years of your life to the Borg. I'd say that's punishment enough. That was a good quote. I killed like 80,000 people, Captain Janeway. Oh, that's okay. You're probably fine. Yeah, but what have you done for me lately? (laughs) You're a main character on this show. Yeah. (laughs) You can't do bad things. I'm Captain Janeway. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Well, there she goes. Anything else or should we push forward? Oh, you brought me that Danish. <laughs> Looking at my notes. Duh, 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 duh. Glowing jumpsuits, stupid prison. Um. Oh, uh, <laughs> prison guy sounded like Buffalo Bill, by the way. A little bit. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I thought... There's a... Okay. Go ahead. I thought somebody, and I don't remember who now, but uh, in my notes I said somebody's trying real hard to be Matthew McConaughey and failing. Uh-huh. Oh, bit of that you too. thought... Yeah. The main guy. All right, all the right, all right. Inmate guy. Oh, your your boyfriend, there's, right? Yeah. Um. There's there's an episode where Seven is debating the whole uh, death penalty thing with the doctor, mm-hmm. and she's just you know, you know, fighting him at every turn. And then at the end, she's like, "Well, I'm just you know giving you up. I'm just you know, <laughs> I'm just logically walking this this th- you through this." And I'm like seven. When you're tell when you're playing devil's advocate, you're supposed to tell people that. Yeah, she literally was like, oh, "I'm just playing devil's advocate," and then she tips her fedora and leaves. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's, that's basically what happened. There's yeah. two things you got to tell people when you're a cop and when you're playing devil's advocate. <laughs> got to tell yeah. me that. Yeah, you got to tell them you're, pl- you're playing devil's advocate. It's illegal otherwise. Yeah, it's exactly. Entrapment. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. endevilment. It's it's entrilbement. Intril- Right, I was trying to go with your hat tip thing. Mm. Yes. So overall, I did not hate this episode. The the uh, no, you the loved it as much as extremely... you loved it as much as Scott Zioko loves time and again. That is not true. <laughs> I said it was not all. My literal quote was not all. Okay, that, anyway, that is not true. Anything as much as Scott Zioko exactly. loves time and again. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It can't be true because yes. nobody. That is a pure love that no one can match. <laughs> well, yeah. I didn't hate it because there were some good performances. The smugness it, but... like completely eclipses everything else for me. That that just makes an yeah. episode completely hateable to me. Mm-hmm. Matt, do you feel? I gotcha. feel like you feel the same way about that kind of like some things are just deal breakers. Like there's nothing this episode can do to save it, and yeah. that's one of the things. If it's this smug, like just this pleased with itself for its its startling take on yeah. on the on uh, you know I mean, whatever. Of course. Of course, this is how Starfleet feels. Starfleet, yeah, in I know, general, that makes sense to me. Like, their philosophies but, all sort of feel like th- this would be part of that. 
but the, the 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 fact that they treat it like something that they've never seen before and are completely yeah. the, the very idea of it is completely barbaric that's ridiculous yep what well, it it goes back to what's a key yeah well, the other thing is this 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 episode tried really hard to be sort of morally ambiguous, which is hard to do. No, they didn't. did it with um, it kind of did. It didn't actually no, come no, down. I, on... Okay, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think it was trying yeah. to do that. What I'm yeah. saying is they failed spectacularly, and it didn't come anywhere close to that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but they have done it. Like Tuvix. No, no, they have done it very, very much. Like a sort of morally ambiguous. You end up right, not 100 percent sure your guys did the right mm-hmm. thing, and I think that's what they were trying to go for with this, and it yeah. did not. No, work. they failed incredibly. Yeah, like the colossal failure there. All right, you guys ready to move on? Yes, please. Sure. Let's talk about prophecy. So, knowing full well that season seven is the final season and there are only 12 episodes left after this one, we should get some kind of countdown clock going on this, the writers spend one of their final stories set in the exotic Delta Quadrant on Klingons. The Klingons in question are aboard a motion picture class cruiser. I'm, I'm positive that's the official name for them. Uh, which apparently was repurposed as a generation ship by a group who felt the Empire had lost its way. So these Klingons got to the Delta Quadrant the hard way over about a hundred years and four generations, which pisses me off a bit less than the many other possible ways they could have gotten here. Also, there's a prophecy or something, which you probably already guessed from the title. The prophecy in question could be interpreted to mean that their savior is Balana's unborn child. So naturally, they blow up their own ship and force Voyager to beam all 200 of them aboard. Naturally, this results in a bunch of Klingon shit. You know, fighting, drinking, aggressive mating with unlikely partners, multiple references to how bad they smell. Some of them, sensibly enough, resist the whole embryo messiah angle. Others, like their leader, are really kind of tired of living on starships for literally their entire lives, and they think maybe we could try reading the prophecy to mean, let's just go live on a planet for fuck's sake. Uh, Sorry, that's more elegant than the original Klingon. It's still pronounced for fuck's sake, but there's an extra apostrophe in there. Anyway, Bellana decides to go along with the plan to trick everyone into leaving. Tom laughingly gets in a Batleth fight with a dude that somehow does not result in his death. Then they get to their planet. Also, while this episode had a lot going for it, it also made me think of about Neelix's sex life, so I give it zero stars. Also, the little uh, review, like review with uh, Forrest McNeil thing should have popped up. There. Just put the music in. Yeah, exactly. You don't know what that means. I'm to sorry. You, you okay. No, but I'm sorry. You can only give it a thumbs up or thumbs down. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah, thanks, Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Would you like it? Sort of. Not good enough. <laughs> Is that Netflix's voice? I'm Netflix. Hi. <laughs> is Netflix strong sad? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. This is what I feel about the episodes you're watching. You checked out Iron Fist yet? No. <laughs> no, thank you. It's real good. I didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I hear thumbs down is what I hear. <laughs> I I didn't completely hate this, and I am a little tired of Klingon stuff, but and, and I'm real tired. This is actually my bad thing. I'm real tired of Alpha Quadrant stuff in, in Voyager. Mm-hmm. But but uh, that said, I I didn't hate it. No, it had a lot. Of, it had some good stuff. Going. This is a good Balan episode. Yeah, it was. This is continuing to give. We've us had a few of lately, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. This was this was a sort of nothing episode to me. It was like you know, parts of it were fun and parts of it were okay, but it just was like it didn't make an impact on me one way or the other. No, mm-hmm. I probably won't think about it much like after this week. But but it didn't make me angry, and at this point, that is the high standard to which I hold. <laughs> I, your praise don't get much higher than that at this point. 
No, in season seven, I found of it very difficult. Yeah, yeah. The, I found it very difficult to just pay attention. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, but you also are not a huge fan of Klingon stuff, right? I'm okay. I've over. I have overstated my dislike of Klingons for for comedy. Okay, mm-hmm. this is this isn't me trying to uh, browbeat you into something like no, I sometimes no, do. No, I just no. wanted to clarify. No, uh, Klingons are fine. I was just teasing. I see. I'm a little tired of their stuff. Like I thought they were cool for a while, but I think there's only so much meat on that bone, and they're not really yeah. doing anything to make it like it's more of the same. It's not like. Mm-hmm. They're not bringing anything, any any new Klingon stuff. Like this is all yeah. stuff we've seen before with Klingon. I, the, yeah, I will I mean, say the new the, the cult with the uh, generation ship is a new and vaguely interesting idea. I like the idea of like a generation ship is a very old sci fi idea, but we've mm-hmm. hardly ever seen it in Star Trek. Like not since the original thing, series. I think. Yeah, it's a thing we're all familiar with from from other science fiction, but Star Trek has hardly ever done. Like, yeah, you're right. Maybe it's been done once or twice, but. It's not a. It's not one of those ideas we've seen a billion times. It's yeah. it, like the, the. I think the original series did sleeper ships, but a gener, a proper generation ship where everyone is the descendants of the original people who left on the ship. There, I, there's there's one, and I can't remember what. It's oh, called. was it is for the world is hollow? Is that the one? I think it might be the world is hollow, and I have touched the sky. Yeah, because they forgot that the Rockets ship was flight. a ship. Yeah, and they thought it was a planet. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's not an idea. That, generation. God. Yeah. It's just generation generational ships are sort of antithetical to the Star Trek idea of we can just zip around all this we can just zip around space. Mm-hmm. All yeah, the so time. you don't have a Starfleet generation ship, but there's plenty of other societies can do different things. Yeah, but it just it, that's not fun to them. I don't think. Uh, okay, but I don't know. I like the idea of like it. It doesn't have to be Klingons, but I like the idea no. of some Alpha Quadrant race doing this. And that's how you meet them. Like I said, it didn't bother me so much because they got there the hard way. Because yeah. it's not like they popped through a convenient wormhole also. No, these guys have been slowly, like, it did take them however many hundreds of years, like a hundred years to get there. They're from Kirk's time. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Yeah. I like that that there's a, like, a reasonable explanation for it and it's not just a dumb contrivance. Yeah, I'm less thrilled by the fact that they just happened to stumble into Voyager. Yeah, that seems yeah, unlikely. Proving once again that the Delta Quadrant and indeed all of space is about five feet long. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's but that that's always been a Star Trek thing from day one, and it hasn't changed since. So. It's it's literally like that episode of TNG where where the universe that Beverly's in is shrinking, and she's like, "What are the dimensions of the known universe? Fifty feet." Yep. <laughs> you just keep bumping into things. <laughs> yeah. And my understanding. I do. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, my understanding of space, as gleaned from the uh, opening lines of uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, it's are that space pretty is big. big. Yeah. Anyway, Tidra, go ahead. Um, I like I like the look of that main Klingon guy. Oh, yeah. he's great. I like that guy. Like I, that guy is a good actor. He was a good yep. had a good look going on. And we've talked excellent hair. We've talked <sighs> you and your hair. No, it, <laughs> no, she's right. It's good Klingon hair. It Life is, but thick. you know, it's definitely a wig because yeah. I don't think any Klingon character ever used their natural hair since the original series. Mm-hmm. No, of course not. But I, no, the thing is, we've talked before about actors being well cast for the race that they're playing. Like yep. you get a guy who's sort of already a bit Romulan or a bit Cardassian mm-hmm. and you just put the makeup on. And this guy felt like if he didn't wear the makeup and he was just acting like this, you'd say, that is a Klingon, dude. Yep. I don't care if there's makeup yep. or not. That is a fucking Klingon. They like, actually, they, sorry, go ahead. No, I was. He's really good at it. Is all. Yeah, they actually the the other the the other bad Klingon who fights Paris is quite good too. He's got that Gowron. Ah, 
I hate you, Blair. <laughs> thing. <laughs> the, and the lady Klingon was very. Lady oh yeah, Klingon. the Almayan yep. Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get into that in a sec. And Harry has to pull yeah, up the road yeah. and have it run into the wall. <laughs> the thing is, all the other Klingons did have that sort of Gowron, like that that generic Klingon snarly thing. What I liked about the main guy was he was that rare Klingon. Like we had in uh, DS9, we had that Klingon lawyer. Like uh-huh. when, when you get those Klingons who feel quintessentially Klingon, but also aren't just all about warrior, warrior, honor, honor, like there's a little more to them. And this guy was the grandson of a guy who started this cult thing and he's yep. like and i don't know is this the right idea anymore i'm the leader but this is dumb that's actually my good yeah. thing he's yeah yeah he's like he's like um look i, I don't really believe in this shit but just go along yeah please. yeah <laughs> no the whole the whole scene where he takes balana aside and just like okay these are the prophe- prophecies we're good between the two of us we can figure out a way to make it look like they work for you and then we can all just fucking land on a decent planet I already found one. We're gonna go there. Look, here are the lines. I don't. Want, I don't care about the lines. Let's look between the lines. How yeah. about that. Now it says here you won a great battle. You won any great battles? No. Well, what about all the Borg you killed? All right, fair enough. Yeah. No, yeah. I like that too. And this kind of dovetails into my good thing, which is there, there's a thread through this where Balana's kind of rediscovering her Klingon side and getting into it a little bit. Yeah. Like not overly so. Not to a point where okay, next week she's not going to be a fanatic. Next week she's, she's going to be fucking Worf. But uh... yeah. No, 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 no. It's the thing is we know as recently as last week she does not like that part of herself. She mm-hmm. never has, and she's made that very clear throughout the entire series. For the first time, she sees a super earnest Klingon into the rituals, not not the toxic ones, just the simple, like, light a candle and think about your dead relatives one. Yeah. And she's no, like, the- you know what? I used to do this as a kid. I am I actually kind of want to do this again. This is kind of cool. The scene where she prays for her grandmother in Stovacor yeah. or whatever is really good. Yeah, it's it's so quiet, and it, you can see like her saying, "You know what? I've rejected this my whole life, but maybe there's something to some of this. Like, I don't I don't believe all of it. I'm not going to challenge people to to duels every fucking day. But you mm-hmm. know what? Maybe thinking about my dead grandmother every now and then that's maybe that's not so bad. Yeah, she was all right. Yeah, I made I just, a good like on bunt cake. It's a nice um, but b apostrophe u and bunt cake. Excuse me. Yeah, exactly. A bad left cake. She's she's always like she's always been against it, and it's just adding another dimension once again, fixing her a little more. Mm-hmm. Like now she's not fully spiritual, but a little more spiritual than she used to be, and I like that. Yeah, and she's literally visited the Klingon afterlife, and that didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, but this did. Meeting this guy kind of kind of changed things for her a little. And it's like funny that, that never yes, meeting like a meeting a reasonable person that is also a Klingon. Right. And that's that's yeah. why I liked this episode. Again, I'm not going to think about it much after this, but I liked it because Balana's been one of my favorite characters who I feel is in desperate need of some some rehabilitation, and this mm. episode did still more to to fix that. And so I liked it for that reason. Mm-hmm. Good times. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and Tidro, your good thing kind of ties into all the prophecy, reading the prophecies and all that stuff too, right? <laughs> I did. I liked there was this uh, disease that was killing these people for, you know, no reason. Mm-hmm. And they could they didn't have a cure for it. They just considered it. Yeah, you die. That's it. Yep. And Bolana's fetus uh, has because she's half human, has antibodies that like cure the virus, mm-hmm. yep. um, which they just, you know, accidentally gave her when they came. Yeah, on thanks the show. a lot, guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, well, I feel like yeah, so, I feel like Klingons, especially Klingons from a hundred years ago, had absolutely no quarantine procedures. Yep. No. Uh. Uh-uh, uh. No. They didn't even think about no. it. The, the, there's a shower no. that they look at when they get on. Uh-huh. It's like, nah, I'm probably fine. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. soaking so in alien anyway. blood. Well, we established we established in that next gen episode they don't have an eyewash station, but they do have an emergency suicide station. That is their priority. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this this uh, these antibodies actually do like save these people. Yeah, and it ends up being so. like a like the, they get into some, and it it could be problematic, but this is kind of well-established Klingon stuff and they don't take it to a to a, an unpleasant place, I don't think. It's just they talk about her, she's not full Klingon. Mm-hmm. Like her racial yeah. purity, that's the part that could be problematic. But like, <laughs> what they're saying is the prophecy says a Klingon. This is a quarter Klingon. Mm-hmm. Like her mom yeah. is half Klingon and her father, like her father's human. So there's barely any Klingon left in there. And this, this racial impurity probably doesn't cut it. But then it turns out her racial impurity is the whole point of her having these stem cells that are hardier because they're yeah. from two different species. And like the whole point of, of, of mixing your genes with other people's genes is you have stronger like resistance to stuff. And I like that mm-hmm. there's, that's that sort of, it, it answers their racism. They were against the baby because it wasn't Klingon, but the fact that it wasn't Klingon saved them. And I like that. Yeah. This just goes back to, like, Klingons have super DNA because, I mean, people are always trying to harvest people, Klingon organs. And sure, every day. Voyager. Well, the, yeah. the, the Vidians definitely were, had an interest more in B'Elanna than anyone else because she had, you know. See? Your com- Klingon, like, third lung and extra heart and all that crap. Yeah. Look how many stomachs she has. We can ha- give one to everyone. She's a cow. <laughs> I, I don't mean like that. I mean literally a cow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Not as in the insult for women. I mean, just like a bovine creature. Yes, right. yes, okay. yes. Just to be clear. Now, Al, I, she's I, pregnant, not feeling very good about her body right now. A little respect. She could just hide behind a counter <laughs> like she did for all of season three or whatever it was. That's what I was I, was, I mentioned that in my notes. It's like when they come on board looking for, the, for, for her pregnancy, she just hide behind a counter or yeah. a belt. <laughs> the thing is, I don't think Roxanne is actually pregnant this time. No. No. Whereas, like, with Nana Visitor with Kira, they actually wrote her real-life pregnancy into the show. Here, it's like, no, we ignored your real-life pregnancy, and now we're making you fake pregnant. Yep. Like what they did with Bever. Yeah, I suppose so. Yay. Here, more I, lab coats for you. I uh, I don't think about Bever much because she was terrible. Yep. <laughs> Which is a thing a lot of people forget. <laughs> I feel like every now and then we need to remind people, never forget, Wesley Crusher killed a guy, Beverly Crusher, not very good. Yep. <laughs> But more importantly, Wesley Crusher killed a guy. Yeah, I would never forget yeah. that. No. Yeah. Um, what was your bad thing? Uh, so there's a so when the Klingons come on board, uh, what they end the the sh- everyone ends up sharing quarters or yeah, there's two hundred of them, which is more than we have of Voyager guys. Yeah, and we can't just have them live in the cargo bay for right. some reason. <laughs> like we we only let Irish people live in the cargo bay. These are Klingons. Exactly. These are these are these are living beings. Irish people and and um, Borg. Yes. Yeah. So uh, some of the crew volunteers to give up their up their quarters. Um, there's a scene where Neelix basically just moves into Tuvok's quarters, mm-hmm. and it's awful. He just walks in and just like, well, that was a long day. Takes off his shoes, puts mm-hmm. his smelly hair feet up on the coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's not just that it doesn't land comically. It doesn't no. like. 
they're trying to go for that, ah, they're the original odd couple. This guy is very neat, and this guy oh, is a walking garbage pile. They've occasionally done a good uh, Tuvok and Neelix are the odd couple thing, but this was not one of those times. No, but, like, the thing is, I have never felt so bad for Tuvok or, indeed, any fictional character in my life. <laughs> <laughs> like... As soon as this bar rodent trundles in and whips off one of his smelly boots, an awful terror rose up in my gut like nothing I've ever felt before. Like, my anxiety started playing up where it's like, this is the worst thing to ever happen to Duvok, yeah, and if, I'm pretty sure he's died. What if Neelix actually showed up in your home and just made himself at home? That would just like, oh, like a nightmare. I'll just crawl in bed with you. Yep. What? No, I have I have very carefully arranged things here. I don't want you to have sex on them. <laughs> and then Which does he come did. up. That definitely comes up. It, but the thing is, please go ahead. Sorry, keep ranting. Keep ranting. No, it just it's it's horrible. This poor man is just trying to live his life away from the worst thing ever. And now it's dropping its its fucking greased up back hair all over his important possessions. <laughs> oh, what's this? The last picture you ever had of your mother? I'll just wipe my ass with it. <laughs> and the thing is, Tuvok is the head of security. Surely he has some say in who goes to what quarters. Surely. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. Yes. He, there's there's no way he didn't know somebody in his department had to like change the security cl- codes on his do- front door. I bet it was Chuck. <laughs> Chuck doesn't like him, and we've established this isn't one of our funny jokes. The show has clearly said these two do not like each other personally. No, and he has the authority to override any security stuff as as first officer. And he knows the yeah, this is the only thing that makes yeah. sense. So that's totally like I'll give Chuck a half point for for being kind of funny. Yep. Off screen. Yeah. In a thing we made up. So, yeah, in a, th- in a, in yes. a, in a headcanon in this, thing. In this, in this theoretical explanation. Yeah, where Robert Beldrin had no acting part in it whatsoever. This was all us. Yeah. What's this, a drawing your children made? Sorry, I blew my nose on it. <laughs> I made it better. <laughs> it's got that real Neelix touch now. Can I Can I be your kid's godfather? Uh, no, 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 no. You're, you're, you're acting like he asks. I'm your kid's godfather. Ugh. That's what he does. He just announces it. I should just move into your house when you get home and fuck your wife. <laughs> In fact, uh, you have that uh, holodeck program that Tom set up. I'm doing it already. Oh, no. Ugh. Well, he could. Ugh. That's bad. Pedro, while we're on the, while we're on the subject of Neelix and bad things, yours is also Neelix related. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess we have to bring up Harold. I don't know that that's entirely necessary. To make this happen. I think we I think we do. I think we have no, to this, go into this. This falls further in the category of things they tried to do that were supposed to be funny and weren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the lady Klingon takes a liking to Harry. Mm-hmm. And he is terrified. <sighs> That's in character. Yeah, absolutely. I, like Seven was like, yes, let us have sex. And he's like, no. no I, I, and now, Harry Kim and still now never another had lady sex. wants to have sex. Yeah. And he's like, no. Yeah. No, but even. But anyway, okay, so, hang, on, hang on real quick. In yeah. fairness, yeah. I don't like Harry. We've made that very, very clear. But he is a bit meek. Like, this is in character for him. <laughs> I could see, like, d- d- putting aside insults for just a second. Just, just a second. Just hitting yeah, pause for only only just for this one point and then, and then game on. No, I, it's just not in character. Like, he's not into aggressive women. That's not his thing. He's He doesn't want the Klingon woman. I get it. Like, that 
I have no problem with Harry as a character not being into her advances. That part of it is fine to me. Okay, go. Now, Harry Kim's type is the only the most beautiful women, and if the women are not beautiful enough, please send them back. But not not everyone wants a woman who's going to throw you down and bite you. I get that. But, you know, like that's Yeah, that's he's fine. too soft and squishy yeah. for No, I like, I'm, I'm I'm allowing the character that. Like and regardless of what we think of him, a character should only be having sex with someone they want to have sex with. That's what consent is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Anyway, can, please continue. Okay, so, but then, so he confides this problem to Neelix, and then Neelix, Neelix purposefully, forcefully cock-blocks Harry so that he can have sex with the Klingon lady. Mm-hmm. It's so that, gross. that's the part you had a problem with? Yes. <laughs> well, not that part, but the part where he has noisy, loud sex in Tuvok's room and locks Tuvok yeah. out. Yep. Yeah. Come on, Neil. Let's at least yeah, hang a sock on the door. Gross. I don't have any socks. I had to use one of yours. Uh, also, I jerked off. So in gross. It. Here you go. Also, wasn't she a little? T- wasn't she a little too old for him? <laughs> well, in that she appeared to be of adult height. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Although, in that she was well a woman. Yeah, like a grown woman. Yes. Yeah, not a girl, but a woman. Right. No, we've established yeah. as recently as last week that Klingons uh, age much faster than humans, so maybe she was still very young. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. We can't, like, looking at Alexander, you would not say this is an eight-year-old when he looked 18, so, you know. This is true, she yeah. She could still be yeah. very young. Ugh. I, I'm just, I'm making an argument in favor of Neelix being a pedophile and, and stretching logic to make sure it still includes that. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <It's> fair. <laughs> yep. Ugh. Uh, no, can, we go I, back I to think, hate, can we go back to insulting Harry Kim now? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I just wanted for that, like, two-sentence, like, thing was all. Absolutely. Good, good. I, I was I, I was uncomfortable in a world where I couldn't make fun of Harry Kim. No, I and that was only for <laughs> me. I did not apply to you at all. Oh, God, thank God. Okay. I just wanted to make the one point that had nothing to do with hating him. It was separate from that. I all still right. hate him. Huh. Telephone. And he's still a little wuss. Like, Miss. Yeah. Do you want to hear me play the saxophone? No. (laughs) (laughs) Again. Uh, what else? Got Neelix still calling Tuvok Mr. Vulcan. Sorry, I fucked everything you own, Mr. Vulcan. (laughs) Yep. On the plus side, now you'll always be able to smell me. Everywhere you go. I originally thought this was a uh, epi- a uh, episode riffing on the old uh, the Japanese guys who think World War II thing is is still going on. Now they do that in Next oh, Gen already, yeah. though. Not that that would Wait. stop Voyager, but but it has no. been done already. But and I'm thinking it did seem like they were going to go that way, yeah. but that got resolved fairly quickly. I'm like, really, you're stealing another plot from Gilligan's Island? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was a thing that happened in actual life. Oh yeah, the Gilligan's Island. It's actually Island. super interesting, but I yeah, only it know it from Gilligan's Island. Okay, that's fair. Are you are you aware of the Harlem Globetrotters outside of Gilligan's Island and Futurama? No, not even a little bit. Okay, fair enough. The fact that I, learning that they were a real team and not cartoon characters was a real blow to me. Well, the, at, I mean, at thirty-one, sort of. They're sort of a real team. Mm-hmm. Poor Washington generals. I I was I don't remember what drove me to it, but I was reading about that on Wikipedia, and apparently the Washington Generals actually won a couple of games and really pissed some people off. <laughs> 
Like this is wow. for people who don't know, this is the fake team that is deliberately there to let the the Harlem Globetrotters like run roughshod over them and do all their dumb tricks and win every game a million to no points. If I was but, in the Washington Generals, I'd fucking want to win once in a while too. Yeah, apparently It'd keep me from killing any Harlem Globetrotters. I don't know. If you just get paid to stand there and look like an idiot for a while, what's the difference between that and being a comedian? <clears throat> I guess you got me there. Yeah. Uh, it's a little sweatier. Well, the difference is you don't get paid, Matt. Oh, it's true. <laughs> Those guys get paid. <laughs> so the Washington Generals are sort of like winning is sort of like when um, Paris wins a battleth battle with an actual oh, way God. to bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. You should, you should be king of segues yeah. on this show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he should not have won that battle. No, no, I thought it was hilarious. And in fact, this is this is my quote where Bolano's like, you're fighting him? Are you kidding me? And she says this. Today would be a very bad day to die. Which I liked. But um, no, it, we, we all, I assume, thought, uh, yeah, well, this is going to end. Like, we all know how this ends. Yeah, with and, dead Paris. Yeah, exactly. But he, they managed to talk them down to blunted batleths where you only mortally wound someone and not actually kill them. He still could have gotten very killed yeah. if it hadn't been for the fact that the guy was had a, you know, secret killer yeah, virus. Yeah, that was handy. Yeah. I legit thought Paris poisoned him or something. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the, that the leader guy poisoned him so he wouldn't kill yeah. Paris. Yeah. That's what I thought. And then it's like, nope, secret Klingon virus. Well, well, we got to introduce our, our new deadly danger for Act 5. <laughs> Act 17. Uh-huh. Sorry, this one went on for a long. This is this is one of those that I was like, oh god, how this, much? This is still happening. I know it wasn't like that for you guys. Well, it, look, okay. it was good, but like it's still Voyager. I'd still rather be playing video games. Yeah, the thing is, I, <laughs> I want to be clear. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had an episode that I thought was good. Oh, it was the one with the uh, Blana's the uh, baby, the um, yeah, yeah, the one where she was the lineage. Selfie. Yeah, that one I thought was yeah. legitimately good. Star Trek unqualified. Mm-hmm. This one yes. is good for Voyager. Yeah, which is not yeah. the same at yeah. all. I can see that. that there's, there's a big difference between this transcends the, the terrible series that it's on and this is more of the same. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, at the end, they, they uh, you know, they as a lot of couples do, they have a list going of possible baby names and they said they will consider the name, whatever the Klingon name for savior or prophecy mm-hmm. or whatever was, and put it on the list. Yeah, they're not going to remember that next week. No. They're going to name that kid Jennifer or something. I think it'd be a good middle name to just bring up like later on. Or if oh, we yeah, saw, saw the kid again. But this show doesn't. Caitlin, Caitlin, Savior. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Taurus. Right. <laughs> Taurus Paris? No, we talked about this. Taurus Paris. Yeah. yeah. Taurus it Paris. It definitely Neelix. will be Taurus Paris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. God. I'm your godfather. I'm your I, god. <laughs> I snuck in and put it on the birth certificate because you forgot, apparently. Oh, boy. Because you didn't lock your quarters and that's all it takes. Uh, I read oh, your mail. Now, now I'm just picturing him standing in their room, staring at them while they sleep, like in uh, 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 Paranormal Activity. That seems about right. Uh, I was thinking like in Steven Universe, but also that, that. That works too. What? I was thinking Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Oh, yeah. A lot of people watch people sleep. That's a, that's a common thing. It's very creepy. Don't do hey, it. Hey. It's not so going? creepy when Pearl does it to Steven, is it? No, 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 no. It's no, a little no. creepy. It's a little creepy. Yeah. Uh, it's okay though. I like Pearl. Yeah, who doesn't? Right. Such a mess. Wonderful, <laughs> uh, wonderful an- mess. Anything else about this one? Um, at the end, 
when the uh, baby saves all of the Klingons, uh-huh. the doctor was like, I did it. It was yep. me. <laughs> yeah. And Kate, this, this was almost my quote. Kate goes, doctor, please. <laughs> <laughs> Which there's, there's a lot we've given Kate like due credit for a lot of things. She's really good at. One of the things she is best at is eye rolls, face palms, like heavy sighs, like all of that. Oh God. I would love to see her. She and Cisco get in a like an eye roll yep. contest. The thing is, Cisco only does it in reaction to Kai Win and occasionally like Julian, but Kate does it for everything. Well, she has a lot to eye roll yeah. about. She should get one into one with Scully. Scully eye rolled yeah, all the you, time. There you go. Because Scully gets paired up with someone who's full of nonsense all the time, so she's yep. nonstop doing it. Of course. All right. Anything else? Uh, I got one last thing, um, and this is just great acting from uh, Roxanne Higgs Boson. Um, uh-huh. When she finds out that, like, so they find they're all in the lab, and they find out that this there's this disease that Klingons are getting, mm-hmm. and so the doc the doc uh, scans her and just goes, "Yeah, no, you've got it," and she legit does like like just a well well that's just great look it's like it's not like a scared or like a worried thing or anything it's like well of course i got fucking klingon disease <laughs> and yeah, i've only been yeah, into klingon stuff for goes. five minutes now that's so balana yeah. yep yeah it is I, and now i want to see the uh the 24th century version of that's so raven that's so balana uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like oh. Well, great. Of course now. Fine. Yeah. Good. Okay. I talked to a Klingon for five minutes, so of course I have their incurable fucking disease. Thanks a lot. And I and I, yeah, and I think she was really enjoying being not the only Klingon on the ship yeah. right up until that yeah, point. Yeah, like I said, she's starting to, to regain her Klingonity, and then uh, yeah. that means getting their fucking pox. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a pox on the house of Martok. Thanks a lot, Ralph. The <laughs> Ralph the Klingon. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ralph well, as, Malf. As, <laughs> Ralph Malf. Yeah, yeah. Of the, uh, Ralph of the house Malf. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Ugh, Klingon happiness Son of Alf. is not very good. <laughs> Sit on it, Patsy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as as we have been doing lately, uh, going to answer answer a couple of pieces of mail here. Sure thing. Uh, we got one here from Deke, who ah. says. Uh, hey guys, I didn't want to hey, send Deke. this. I didn't want to send this, but my dog insisted. His email must be down. All right, dear Albert and Matthew, Harry Kim is my favorite character. To poop on, <laughs> sincerely, God. biscuits the dog. It's a real good triumph. The insult comic dog reference. <laughs> Haven't See, heard one of those is, in a long time. I was I was gonna do the voice, and then I thought I would spoil the punchline, so I didn't do the voice. It it would have. I'm glad you yeah. glad you did that. Uh, like a letter from uh, any of our Canadian listeners uh, about Ed the Sock, that would be great. No, no. Cedro, do you have any idea what he's talking about? No, okay. no, just nothing. Well, sometimes you're you're more familiar with non-American things. You you are definitely more broad-minded when it comes to watching foreign entertainment than I am. But uh, no, nothing. Come on, Ed the no, Sock no, from sorry. Munch Music. It was our version of MTV. Munch music? Uh, you had a version of MTV. Absolutely did. It was called Munch music. Have, why didn't you just have MTV? We didn't have MTV. I mean, CanCon, come on. Yeah, they played Alanis Morissette and Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah, but we needed to play more of it. Uh, I guess that's true. Ah. Uh, one more from Alice. 
who says, you're not crapping out early, are you? Dear Pa, as of this writing, you've just released the show where you reviewed Flesh and Blood, and you said some things that triggered my OCD and other assorted anxiety disorders. You guys are planning Enterprise, right? Because you said you were doing all of Star Trek, but the last few episodes you've been talking about skipping it. <laughs> First of all, I only started watching Enterprise because you said you were going to review it, so you owe me. <laughs> Second, it's not actually as bad as some people say. Yeah, okay, I don't want to hear this again. Uh, told yes, my people for- who didn't like it. Uh, da, 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 that, or, no, I don't believe that. Third, this podcast is the closest thing I have to a stable long-term relationship. If you abandon me like everyone else until Discovery comes out, it will seriously fuck me up. <laughs> also, consider this. If it turns out you still hate Enterprise, won't that make you enjoy Discovery that much more? I mean, even if Discovery sucks, it will have to suck in strange new ways because there's no way they'll repeat the same shenanigans that made Enterprise so unpopular. Just something to think about. Yours in Banjo Man, Alice. No, mm-hmm. we're doing it. We, yeah. we don't want to, but we're doing it. It's okay. My whole thing has been Discovery starting to look like it might not be as great as we initially thought. And my concern is we're then going to end up hating half of Star Trek all in a row. Mm-hmm. That's that's not great. So hopefully, Discover- like, there's a lot riding on Discovery for me, man. Yeah, it's, care, it's really please. like, well, do I like Star Trek or do I just like three TV shows that are kind of the same as each other? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> then there's the other three that we don't like. So yeah, yeah. who knows? I, who knows? Maybe we won't hate Enterprise. I think we're gonna. I hope we don't hate Enterprise. I hope we don't hate Enterprise. But like, I mean, the, odds aren't you know, good. I have three words that are gonna that are gonna pretty much uh, decide Enterprise for me, and that's temporal Cold War. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if those words are meaningless nonsense to you, well, strap in, because <clears throat> that's the that's right. the running plot is a temporal Cold War, which made so little sense they had to write a book to explain it after the show got canceled. What are the bad guys called that sounds like Taliban or something? Sulaban. Ay, Dios mío. That show that show <laughs> aired like a week after 9-11, and, and the bad guys were the Sulaban. Ay. Bad timing. Not their fault. Bad timing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you're, you're, you're staying with us through Enterprise, right, right Tidro? Oh, okay, yeah. This is going to be almost all new to me, but... Yeah, I mean, us yeah. too, honestly. Um, no, every other episode, every remember, other Star Trek I've seen at least one a few episodes. This one, nothing. I watched the first couple seasons, but there's still a bunch I don't remember and a lot no. that's going to be new to me. But uh, All I've seen is the I pilot. I think I probably watched two of them. Two episodes? Yeah, I think that's about wow. it. Okay. Well, I mean, it's going to be new for a lot of us, which is mm-hmm. at least something. But it's not going to be new because it's going to be run by Brandon Braga and Rick Berman. So it's going to be more of the same. You're going to get your mind blown. Hooray! Yeah. Uh, as Flonk correctly pointed out, uh, uh, Braga's actually not even uh, running Voyager for season seven. No. And it got worse, so I don't know <laughs> what that says. That may be a now coincidence. I, now I don't know what to think anymore. Yeah. Well, I, I've come to respect the guy knowing now what he actually thinks. I yeah. just don't like his writing, but but he himself seems like he's got some pretty good instincts. Mm-hmm. But anyway, enough of that. Tidro, why don't you plug your things? Okay. Well, um, I sell soap and horns and um, anything else I can think of to make on my Etsy shop, which is bunnybubbles.etsy.com. Um, I'm pushing this really hard because I recently had a cat that needed a rather extreme surgery, and so I have to pay that off. So please, pretty please, buy some soap for me. I do have Star Trek soap. Um, I have a couple creepy dolls up now on my website. And if you want a haunted doll or a zombie Barbie, they're T- they're there. Tidro stuff is very good. Thank it you. is, and and we are getting into uh, convention season now, and uh, she does a lot of like the the horns, especially for cosplay. Yeah. So uh, something to consider if you're playing any kind of a character with with horns. Uh, definitely an I excellent could, thing. I could 
Yeah. Yeah. So and I love horns, doing like custom read about. stuff. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, all right, thanks for that. And as as I've been pointing out with each guest, uh, th- this is it for you, Tidro. You don't have to watch any more Voyager if you don't want to. You can, but but you're done. That's a wrap for Tidro for Voyager. But then so. I have to watch Voyager so I can listen to you guys yell about it. That's that is up to you. But as as yep. a guest, you are no longer. We free you from the requirement. Okay, but I'm still gonna. All I mean, right, I'm gone. Okay, well that's your own stupid fault. <laughs> I know, I know. I was trying to be nice, and you're refusing my uh, generosity. So uh, you're on your own. Nope. Take this olive branch and shove it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but we will see you again for Enterprise. So looking forward to that part of Enterprise, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And uh, that's all for now. All right, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.